Hello, I'm Fiona Bennett. Welcome to the Poetry Exchange, the podcast that celebrates poems as friends. Each episode, you can hear somebody talking about the poem that's been a friend to them. And this episode was recorded when we were in conversation with people at Durham Book Festival last year. Durham Book Festival is organised by a wonderful organisation called New Writing North. And you can find out about both those organisations by looking at the description page on your podcast platform. This episode was recorded in St Chad's Chapel. It's a wonderful environment for having conversations with people about poems that have been a friend to them, where we're really, in a sense, talking about the idea of the companionship of a poem, how it can kind of be with you in your life. And that's certainly true of this conversation, as it has been with many of the other episodes. If you want to be sure to get every episode as it comes along, don't forget to press subscribe so that the episode just arrives in your device. Thanks to New Writing North for hosting these events with us. And thanks also to our visitor to the exchange for her permission to share this conversation with you. You'll be hearing myself and Michael Schaefer talking about Restlessness by D.H. Lawrence, the poem that's been a friend to Alison. At the open door of the room, I stand and look at the night, hold my hand to catch the raindrops that slant into sight, arriving grey from the darkness above suddenly into the light of the room. I will escape from the hollow room, the box of light, and be out in the bewildering darkness, which is always fecund, which might mate my hungry soul with a germ of its womb. I will go out to the night as a man goes down to the shore to draw his net through the surf's thin line at the dawn before the sun warms the sea, little lonely and sad, sifting the sobbing tide. I will sift the surf that edges the night with my net, the four strands of my eyes and my lips and my hands and my feet sifting the store of flotsam until my soul is tired or satisfied. I will catch in my eyes quick net the faces of all the women as they go past, bend over them with my soul to cherish the wet cheeks and wet hair a moment, saying, is it you? Looking earnestly under the dark umbrellas held fast against the wind, and if, where the lamplight blew, its rainy swill around us, she answered me with a laugh and a merry wildness that it was she who was seeking me and had found me at last to free me now from the stunting bonds of my chastity, how glad I should be. Moving along in the mysterious ebb of the night, past the men whose eyes are shut like anemones in a dark pool, why don't they open with vision and speak to me? What have they in sight? Why do I wander aimless among them, desirous fool? I can always linger over the huddled books on the stalls, always gladden my amorous fingers with the touch of their leaves, always kneel in courtship to the shelves in doorways where falls the shadow, always offer myself to one mistress who always receives. But oh, it is not enough, it is all no good. There is something I want to feel in my running blood, something I want to touch. I must hold my face to the rain. I must hold my face to the wind and let it explain me its life as it hurries in secret. I will trail my hands again through the drenched cold leaves till my hands are full of the chillness and touch of leaves till at length they induce me to sleep and to forget. Wow. 
I wonder if I'd had more time if I would have chosen something different, <laughs> I think. But I probably would have chosen the same thing, even if I'd had time to think about it. I, I think there's something quite good about the... Yeah, uh, the instantaneous Yeah, the immediate thing. I suppose it, you know, it makes you feel very exposed because you haven't had a chance to analyse it from every... And put loads of stuff in front. <laughs> put, all, put all of this very... But it is quite, you know, it's quite... Um, yeah, I suppose it's a poem that speaks to something quite secret in me. You know, I, I, I was as I was leaving, I read it to my husband, and he said, "You've never once mentioned this poem to me." And I, I said, "I know." <laughs> so perhaps we're going to have a conversation when I get home. Maybe. Um, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. oh, There's that. I don't really like D.H. Lawrence. Um, but several years ago I was feeling really restless and it's a feeling that I've felt all my life I've lived in several different countries and travelled and um, but now I'm married and I have children and I've lived and worked in the same place that I never intended on staying for many years and that's sometimes hard and I remember one day I just went to Google and typed in restlessness poem and this was what came up so that's why when I saw the project, I knew instantly what poem would be my friend. And I knew instantly, you know, it's sort of funny how I sort of ended up here last minute and everything. It's just, you know, it's obviously brought me here because it, it's sort of an experience that I've had of seeking something that, that can only be found in a poem, I suppose. So what happened when you Googled it and it, there it appeared on the screen? I cried. Um, tears of recognition, I suppose. I cry, I, I'm crying now. <laughs> Yeah. Um, every time I read it, that last stanza kills me. And just the imagery of this man in his room feeling kind of trapped and lonely and wanting to connect with someone else desperately and going out into the rain and looking at faces of people as they walk past and wondering if they will see something in him, see his soul, I suppose. Sorry, I'm getting emotional. That's okay. That's but okay. that's what poetry should do to us, I think. And that's yeah. why, you know, this is important. Yeah, it's amazing that it's had that connection across the fact that you don't particularly like DH. <laughs> I, you know, there's lots of stuff in this that sort of puts a barrier in there for me as a woman, mm. kind of reading from a man's viewpoint about yeah. something. Yeah. And yeah, straight through it, laser beam to that core. It's wonderful, you know, yeah. that we can still meet each other across that difference, isn't it? Yeah. In a poem. So have you spent a lot of time with it since the Google moment? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I come back to it regularly, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, just on dark days, you just kind of read it and think, <sighs> you know, this, at, at least there's this, at least mm -hmm. there's this poem. It's not that my life is unhappy, it's not at all. It's just mm -hmm. that there's this one sort of pebble in my shoe sometimes, you know, of mm -hmm. wanting to wander off. Oh, it is not enough. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. What does that give you when...? Um, solace, I suppose, that's the word that comes to mind. And solidarity, that this is an experience that's not just mine. There's a poet's soul in all of us that this poem speaks to, perhaps. And if we can put our umbrellas away and, and connect with each other, you know, and look into each other's faces, the way that I'm doing now mm -hmm. with you that I've only just met, um, then, I don't know. Do you mind if I ask why you haven't mentioned it to your husband. Is there something about keeping it... She, that would kind of lose... It would lose its... I think there's two, there's two things, yeah. I think it's... 
I suppose I feel, because my husband's British and I'm American, and we're both, we're very different temperamentally. You know, I'm this sort of fiery, passionate one, and I'm, I'm also Portuguese. I lived in Portugal before I moved here, so, you know, there's this kind of dramatic Latin persona. <laughs> Um, and he comes from an Irish background where they kept, you know, they keep all of their emotions under wraps and we don't talk about anything. And, um, you know, and ever since the beginning of our relationship, he's always been frightened that I will just pack a suitcase and leave in the night. So if I were to share this poem with him, that would be allowing that fear to kind of, you know, we'd have to talk about it then, wouldn't we? We'd have to sort of discuss that. Having said that, he has never prevented me from packing a suitcase and going away as long as I come back again. And I suppose there's no need for us to talk about it because it's just something that I feel and that I, you know, like I said, it's just a little pebble in my shoe. Certainly not every day, not even, you know, every month even. But I need to know that this poem is here for me. And, and you know, why, why did I read it to him today? And maybe we've just reached a stage in our marriage where now it's okay to talk about it, or maybe it's okay for me to want to talk about it. Like the only person that I've shared this poem with is my friend who's a poet, who hasn't got children um, and hasn't got a partner and has just sold a flat in London and made a, a mint of money in order to go off and live in a commune. <laughs> and, you know, she, actually, she went to India for a while, now she's in France on an ashram. Um, um, you know, so she's kind of living my alternate life a little right. bit and I live a bit of hers and we're very, very close. That's great. And when you shared the poem with her, how did that, what was that? Did you read it? Did you? No, I just emailed it. That was the same day with the Google. Same day with the Google. I emailed her. Uh-huh. Yeah, we do share poems with each other yeah. too. And she, yeah. she writes a lot of poems also. And she wrote me back and said, um, like the poem, but I don't really get it. <laughs> but then, you know, we had a long discussion. And, you know, we, we do recognise that sort of pilgrim soul, you know, mm-hmm. um, in each other, I suppose. And that's I mean, that's poem as friend between friends. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. See, it seemed to me that it was about women and sex, his search, or that he was looking for connection in that form. He's looking, I think, I agree with you. The character in the, in the poem is looking perhaps for sex, but for me, I think it's much more about a different kind of intimacy, a different kind of, of connection that's not necessarily sexual. And... I think you're right that that's what the character in the poem is is doing. But for me, I think it's much more about that sort of restlessness and that that urge to kind of run out of the room into the night and run around and and look to see what you can find. And I think the fact that the sea is such an important image Mm. is really key to understanding that part of the poem. I, th- I think that's what attracts me as well, is that it, it's a poem that is rich linguistically. It's rich in terms of the way it sounds, and then it's rich in imagery. And as I was saying to you before, I teach poetry, so I often analyse poetry, but I haven't analysed this one, you know, because I don't, I don't need to... You know, it, it, it works for me as a reader rather than as a teacher. So, and there, there's, there are lines that I probably... And, you know, every time I come to it, I kind of work a little bit more with it and think more about what it means. But it's, you know, I think that it is, it's very mysterious, isn't it? It's a, it's a dark little poem. I love that you just said about that urge to run out of the room and, you know, run around. Mm-hmm. And I, 
That's such a particular desire. If that your image is such a particular image of restlessness mm -hmm, that it, mm -hmm. you know, that just just get me out of here mm -hmm, for a minute mm -hmm, and just mm -hmm, you know let mm -hmm. me just uh, and see what I find. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. not a going to look for a thing I already know. Mm -hmm. It's and you know it's what, a, what's out there. It's a yeah. need for something new. Yes. Yeah, a craving yeah. really. Yes. Yeah. What else is possible? Yes. Yes. Gorgeous. Yes. The way you express that, busting the door open mm -hmm. and just getting mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. is. I, and I keep coming back as well to this. I, I love the, the image of, of holding out the hand to the rain first and allowing, you know, to feel that and to be mindful of, you know, what it feels like to feel rain and then going out into the rain and into the night and then looking at the faces. And, and, and the thing about the umbrellas, you know, there's people that are covering up and trying to protect themselves from that sort of intense experience of life mm. isn't it and, and nature and passion and and I suppose that's part of the frustration for me sometimes is mm. that you know let's just let's just get rid of all of that mm. and just meet each other without mm. barriers without those umbrellas and that's what he's looking for isn't it is, is looking for a woman who's you know obviously it's going to have sex with him eventually but um, but you know he's, he's seeking connection I think in a, in a in an unguarded way is he actually doing it He's saying, I will. I will escape from the hollow room. So he's, he stays in the room the whole time, doesn't he? And then he goes to bed. He's in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. He's at the open door of the room. Mm-hmm. And so when he says, I must hold my face to the rain, it's still, he's still in the doorway and mm -hmm. he's kind of just saying, I just need to... That's what I think, that's what I see. Mm -hmm. That's a very interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, the tense is interesting, isn't it? I hadn't really thought about that, but it's mostly future, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know if it's future or if it's... I'm likely to. I'll go off for one of my night wanderings, like he's done this, and he's standing thinking about the choice to do that. That just made me sort of wonder about you there. I was having a little fantasy about you. <laughs> I wonder if that's what Alison does, thinking, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to fuck off to... <laughs> Do you know? I never even really think that anymore. It's just the, it's the feeling, you know. I never I never think about like practically leaving. I would never leave my family. I really wouldn't. They give me something that I couldn't have any other way. Hmm. And yet, <laughs> but I think that it's yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? There's the rub. You've got to stand in the window and feel the rain on your face, and to know that the night is out there. But I think the open door is very important for you. Because it gives you that space mm -hmm. to be with that truth. Very much so. You know, it's like giving yourself permission to feel things that you're not supposed. Well, that are difficult to acknowledge. It's not that you're not supposed to feel them, but it's difficult to acknowledge them. And you've got. I, I think in, in, yeah. in our marriage, we, we have yeah. to make space for that. Yeah, We've had yeah. to. Have you got anything else that you'd like to oh. say that you feel you haven't? No, it's just, it's, I've, it's just been such a great experience. Thank you very much for having me. And I think it's wonderful to have spaces like this, to have conversations like this. Restlessness. At the open door of the room, I stand and look at the night. Hold my hand to catch the raindrops that slant into sight, arriving grey from the darkness above, suddenly into the light of the room. I will escape from the hollow room, the box of light, and be out in the bewildering darkness which is always fecund, which might mate my hungry soul with the germ of its womb. 
I will go out to the night as a man goes down to the shore to draw his net through the surf's thin line. At the dawn before the sun warns the sea, little, lonely and sad, sifting the sobbing tide. I will sift the surf that edges the night with my net, the four strands of my eyes and my lips and my hands and my feet, sifting the store of flotsam until my soul is tired or satisfied. I will catch in my eyes quick net the faces of all the women as they go past, bend over them with my soul to cherish the wet cheeks and wet hair a moment, saying... Is it you, looking earnestly under the dark umbrellas held fast against the wind, and if, where the lamplight blew its rainy swill about us, she answered me with a laugh and a merry wildness that it was she who was seeking me and had found me at last to free me now from the stunting bonds of my chastity, how glad I should be. Moving along in the mysterious ebb of the night, past the men whose eyes are shut like anemones in a dark pool. Why don't they open with vision and speak to me? What have they in sight? Why do I wander aimless among them, desirous fool? I can always linger over the huddled books on the stalls, always gladden my amorous fingers with the touch of their leaves, always kneel in courtship to the shelves in the doorways where falls the shadow, always offer myself to one mistress who always receives. But, oh, it is not enough. It is all no good. There is something I want to feel in my running blood, something I want to touch. I must hold my face to the rain, I must hold my face to the wind, and let it explain me its life as it hurries in secret. I will trail my hands again through the drenched cold leaves till my hands are full of the chillness and touch of leaves till at length they induce me to sleep and to forget. That was Michael Schaefer with the gift reading at the end there and thanks again to Alison for letting us share the conversation with you. We hope you enjoyed that, and if you did and you've been enjoying the podcast generally, do go along to iTunes and give us a review or a rating. It really helps us to spread the work that we're doing with this idea of poems as friends. We'll be back in a few weeks' time with the next episode, but until then, thank you for listening. <laughs>